this might not be what they expect, but it's something going on in my personal life. So I'm feeling really called and led to share uh, is address your addictions before you try to make an impact. Mm. And addictions look like a lot of things. And we can include things like social media or your cell phone in that food. What are you eating? You've got to be fueled. You've got to be energetic in order to make an impact in the way that I know your heart desires and I know God wants for you. Welcome to the Christian CEO podcast. I'm Katie Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Hi there. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is one of those episodes that you might want to come back to listen again and again for a couple of reasons. One, the content is pretty intense, vulnerable, and valuable. And secondly, that I truly believe that it will serve as a strong dose of not only inspiration, encouragement, but maybe even discipline that we all need in this entrepreneurial journey. Are you curious? I hope so. Today's my guest is Tamra Andres. She's a human sparkler and top star leader in spiritual entrepreneurship. An international speaker and twice best-selling author. She also is the founder and chief evangelist of FIT, F-I-T, in faith media company. What fit means? Well, you gotta listen to the podcast, then you will know. She is also an ordained minister and co-mission to activate purpose-driven leaders personally and professionally with their broadcasted message and business through publishing, podcasting, and play. She has an event, you know, annual conference, and retreat that unleash identity and freedom around the world. I was just on her Fit in Face podcast, and this podcast is globally ranked in the top 1% of the spirituality and business charts with over 250 interviews of founders, innovators, and trailblazers. And her most treasured role is wife and mama, and you will surely never leave her presence without an added measure of joy. Today, we talk about Tamara's journey. What prompted her to write her best-selling book? It's called Always Becoming Sex, Shame, and Love. We talk about what prompted her to write that book and what is her desired goal for readers. Also, how you can use your message as your momentum and taking your podcast to the top. Non-necessary podcasts can be your YouTube channel just can be any platforms that you are using to share your message to the world. And creating that footprint across platforms using long-form content. Of course, we wrap up with the episode talking about what it's her conference about. And we have the mic drop moment in the end when I ask her the departing wisdom for entrepreneurs, trailblazers, and innovators. You really don't want to miss. Now, let's check with Tamara. Welcome to the show, Tamara. 
I am so excited to be here, Kelly. Thank you for having me. It's going to be such an awesome time to reconnect as we connected on my show first. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, in the introduction, I already mentioned how awesome you are to the uh, audience and they tell, you know, uh, listeners and also obviously this guy go to YouTube channel. But uh, we always love to hear that, you know, yourself tell us the, a bit about your, your story. You know, now as we look at your content out there, we feel like, well, this woman, I mean, she is everything. She's well put together. She is such a, a accomplisher, you know? So, but, you know, we obviously, we know that uh, the higher we go, right? Yeah. I always say the higher we go, the deeper our knees go into the carpet or go oh, into the tiles. You can start <laughs> preaching already. I'm ready for it. So tell us a little bit about your journey, where you got started, and then especially business-wise, and uh, you know, give us a bit context. How did you arrive today and become a, such an awesome leader? Thank you so much. You know, what's interesting is the one of the words that you said that is a bit of a trigger because it's an overcomer element of who I am now, and that's the achievement element, right? And so I, from a young age, achievement was something that felt easy to me and was also uh, burdened as an expectation, not intentionally. Of course, I don't think any parent intends to like make their child be a workhorse or make them go after gold all the time or the accolades. But of course, when you get praised in those realms, it's a natural tendency. And I think it's a note to us as both parents and as coaches to make sure that we're also celebrating the areas of failure because that's the time that they're learning. And so I really went after things that I I knew I could achieve and I would get that affirmation for. So achievement driven, I'm also an Enneagram three, which means I'm an achiever. And so that word, as you said it, I'm like, oh, but as you said, like I have an amazing presence in the online space now and my business has become fruitful. But for a decade after going to business school, I was doing the rat race. I was doing what people would assume is the American dream. By the age of 26, I was married. I had my first kiddo. Uh, we were moving into a house. We were the youngest in the neighborhood. We had two new cars. I had started at that point about seven businesses. And I had the opportunity through not only my business plan in college, um, but also in a co-partnership with my mom to start a brick and mortar store here locally in Virginia Beach, as well as to sign a nine-figure contract for a global nursing bra company that I was helping to redesign from the Australian market. And so I was uh, the CEO, right? And I wore that title so proudly. Meanwhile, things like mother, things like wife became backseat and my knees eventually hit the floor as in your reference and it wasn't until i was 29 i do call it a quarter life crisis <laughs> where i had a choice and my choice was based on a tombstone moment where I pulled into my driveway after having just weaned my now second child. She was about nine months old at the time, just weaned her from nursing, and I couldn't wait to see her. I'd just been at work for about 12 hours. I pull into this American dream, and I have the white picket fence and everything, and my husband's outside. The kids are waddling around playing. He's talking to a neighbor, and I felt lifeless. I knew that I wanted to have that hug from my daughter. And yet when she didn't come running towards me and she saw me and turned around towards data, I had that gut feeling that I'm sure many of you guys have is like, what am I doing this for? Am I even happy? 
I'm so void. I don't even feel in this moment. And instead of really being present in that moment, like I would now and like drop to the ground and start playing and not let that emotion bother me from the same sin, I knew that there was a moment of integrity that I had to rise to the occasion for. And so in a series of events, I ended up quitting both of those CEO positions. And I came to know the Lord in a way that I never had. I had a actually a supernatural encounter with him. Um, and he was basically showing up for me in a way that he never had because he knew I was suicidal. I was having depressive thoughts. I was definitely anxious and I didn't know who I was. I couldn't even look in the mirror for several months um, because I didn't, I didn't feel worthy because I didn't have the things that had deemed me worthy prior to. And so it's a huge passion of mine as I show up in the world now and joy being a huge element of our brand and honestly, just who I am. I've been told that since I was little, I light up a room, right? And so instead of doing it from an achievement driven, doing it from a gift giving perspective, and I know that I can do that without also wearing a fake mask or a fake smile that I get to be all of who I am, even in the vulnerable places. Whoa, I think we can wrap up the podcast episode and we can leave now. <laughs> that's that's the story, Kelly. It's it's a it's a mouthful, and I could keep going on, and that's why I I chose to write a book and start a podcast and everything that I've done since these revelations in a three year time frame of getting my ordination and minister's licensing, going on a mental health journey of redevelopment and rediscovery, a physical health journey of redevelopment and rediscovery. I just knew I wanted other people to have the same freedom that I had been discovering. That's awesome. And I'm, first of all, I thank you so much for being uh, so courageous and vulnerable to share. And I think uh, in the online spaces, uh, in the online space, we have seen a lot of, you know, that kind of, uh, uh, what's that phrase called? Um, the uh, wreck, uh, the, the, basically people have a top top pass and then they become successful but not many people ready to share the uh, the other way around right so you know uh achievement it's kind of everybody's opting after fall but i think you know uh, as question we know better uh in a sense of when just like you say when you figure out that moment your daughter did not run to you and uh uh you know, I have, I had those moments too. So I could relate to that. Now, since you mentioned about the book, uh, you were best-selling book called uh, Always Becoming and Sex, Shame, and Love. So what prompted you to write that book? I mean, I feel that there is a behind the scenes story coming up. Yeah, you know it. So I started a podcast was actually the first way I started my entire business, a podcast and a membership. And the membership element was helping women who I saw greatness in, who didn't necessarily see greatness from an entrepreneurial lens um, at the same time. And I was essentially helping people get fit in their health and home and heart and head in order for them to operate in the marketplace. And so I started this podcast and I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I never had in that opportunity, even in podcasts like this, where I'm the interviewee, the ability to share the entirety. And even in events, even in retreats that I'll host, even in workshops, you can't get down to every nitty gritty detail. And because I was on an active pursuit to obliterate shame, I knew that the first element of shame that I had to obliterate was my own. 
And when you talk about people who have achieved something or are in that success realm of their life and they've had a, a hard past, though they might speak about it lightheartedly, I don't think that they ever go to the depths that they should that could really help others break free from the, the truth of who they are and the lies about who they've been told that, that they are. And so I wanted to do that. And it was a very tumultuous process when you write your own story, a story that a majority of the people that I knew, even my family members didn't know about me. And so I released this to the world kind of prayerful because it was a God prompting. It took three years to write, but I knew when it was done that I was healed and whole and that anything that the world was to say about me or to me based on that testimony wasn't going to shake me. And so I released it in prayer that like, nobody I know is going to read this, right? <laughs> like, Please don't read this. Like, unlike start a business and you want to tap all your friends to be your first customers. I learned in the last decade of my life that that's not the case. And your friends are not your, your ideal avatar at all. And so I, in that prayer, I was like, this is likely that no one's going to read this. And that's a good thing. Please, God, keep to your word <laughs> and protect me. And I have had friends read it. I've just a couple days ago, I had a spouse to my best friend send me a text message early in the morning. And he said, I just finished your book and I just want to say thank you. And will you keep praying for me? And I was just, first off, you don't think guys are going to read the book because it's a female memoir. And secondly, you don't really know who exactly it's going to touch, even though you're supposed to have an ideal avatar. My goal was for it to, to speak into lives of people who are struggling in areas of shame, in areas of sex, and to ultimately find themselves through the greatest love I've ever known. And that's not my husband, though I love him so much. And we are fully still intact and married. And we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary by going on a, a second honeymoon for 10 days. So I am grateful. And I just value marriage and motherhood more than what I did before, which was that title. And I think we can get stuck in the title. And that's where if we go to the end of the tombstone, the end of your life after the dash, right? And you go and you're, I don't plan to have a tombstone, but if I did have a tombstone, it wouldn't read entrepreneur. It wouldn't read all of the things that we project to other people as accolades. No one knows about your titles. No one knows about the trophies. Nobody knows about the awards. Nobody knows about the college degrees. What they know to be true is your relationships. And so that's very important to me. And God's relationship and mine is the priority in that. Guys, well, what can I say? Go to grab the book. You know, we will surely also, um, uh, we will put the link of the book in the show notes as well. And Tamara, I appreciate that you share that behind the scene, you know, uh, the, the journey, the inner journey you have gone through. Uh, uh, quite a bit same thing here. I found that this is interesting how God connected us. I know. Uh, when I same thing when my book released in 2012, I pray that Lord, please nobody read that thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, because it was such a tough story. You know, and I thought I was healed by finishing writing that book, but my healing really complete. It's after that. Now, as you know, you know, writing books, you have three. Uh, kind of three parts, right? The first part you write, the second part you have to produce it, and the third part for me is the hardest part you have to market it. Yes. And as a marketer, it's not difficult in a sense to market it, but is it difficult for me to market that book? Right, I feel that so much. Yeah, and that moment, I that's when I got the first radio show, you know, in 2011, 12, there was not such a podcast that, that now. 
So we pitched the, ra the radio show and then I found that the first interview, so the, the host told me, okay, he counting down and say, now we got releases, read it live on air, right? So basically, you know, the traditional radio station. So I start to imagine that, my goodness, that means thousands of people out there, they are driving or they are whatever they're doing and then they're gonna hear my story. And I wouldn't know their reaction. So I feel I'm totally naked yeah, of so all my yeah. ugly stuff. I think it's yeah. all ugly stuff, right? So guys, just know that if you are in that process, well, you are not alone. <laughs> No, absolutely not. And I think another thing to speak to that, especially for any business leaders or entrepreneurs or people who do have careers that are listening to the show, when I wrote that, you know, a lot of people will encourage you to write a book, uh, to have that author title, to be a speaker, to have your own podcast, to have authority in the space. And majority of people are encouraging you to, you know, kit your framework or kit the way that you build and it needs to be a business card, right? And I really thought when this came out, I'm like, I just ruined my career. I, I literally, I didn't make a business card. And so when people think about me as a, a Christian business coach, and here I am with this backstory of definitely a lot of finding myself in Christianity or lack thereof, I, I just felt like there was going to be this huge conflict of interest and I was going to belittle myself by sharing those flaws. And so I found the antithesis and it's one of the reasons that I encourage people to write their story first, because people will see you as human and your relatability and connectivity actually becomes more of a magnet because everyone has walked through something hard and your vulnerability is what will make you essentially glorifying God through the process, but that much more successful. So, so true. And especially in today's world, I remember that um, recently, I, you know, I think I mentioned this uh, in HBR, they have an article say, especially after pandemic, the 10 new marketing truths. And one of it is about, you know, people, they are really sick tired of the old way, how they see the message out there, because they can easily, you know, smell a mile away that you cannot be that perfect. Right. And that actually decrease your credibility, yes. believe it or not. Yes. Um, and now that's kind of change a little bit a subject because I love what you mentioned about using your message as your momentum, taking your podcast to the top. Because you just uh, shared with us moments ago, actually, you started podcast first. Yeah. Right. So tell us about that. Yeah. So it's called the Fit in Faith podcast, and it is uh, top 500 in the world globally in the religious and spiritual sectors and has been top 500, but it's not currently on the charts. We're getting there again for business, um, but we we're so proud of it and it's evolved. And I think that's one of the coolest things about a podcast that is a variable to a lot of other elements. You can't, once you write the book, the book is written, right? But once you start a podcast, you can shift and ebb and flow. Um, and I started it with the intention of sharing other people's stories of becoming fit in faith. And to me, originally fit was that mind, body, soul alignment, and it's still is, but I have turned fit into an acronym founders, innovators, and trailblazers, because I discovered my avatar through doing a podcast. And so there's so many different ways for us to go about building a business, but utilizing your message is the primary way. And if we try to come 
and a lot of people do, especially as a business coach, I get this often, they come with a good idea. And they're like, this is gonna be great. I need you to help me put it together. And because I utilize a, a specific methodology called the becoming model, which is associated obviously to always becoming, I don't let people shun away from the identity, from the being before we build the business, because that's what happened to me a decade ago. And so we build up the framework, we build up the ideation, we build up the message based in who they are, not this good idea, because good ideas will crumble. It's building something on the sand, just as I did with all the other good ideas that I had. Like I said, I had a nine-figure contract for this nursing bra. It was a good idea, but it wasn't at the core of who I was. It didn't connect to my identity. It was just a part of the fact that I was a mom and I had the ability to do this thing. And so I really help people from being then to brand and then to build business, build their marketing message. And so if we utilize that from a podcast perspective and you get raw, the interview style was the easiest for me. One, because I love talking to people, but also because it allowed me to utilize the communities and the platforms that they had already created in order to have further momentum. Because I started in a little office space that I borrowed from my husband and only spoke to people in person. So my studio was only in person. People came in for the interview. We did the whole recording. It also started live and video out the gate. And so that was a variable four years ago. Not a lot of people were doing it. All I knew about podcasting was Joe Rogan. And so I followed what he did, not knowing he was way far ahead of his own time in the way that he did his show. And so I just really encourage, there's a lot of things that I just said. Videos, awesome. Don't be too scared to get on camera. People need that from you. And we, that will actually speak to what we wanna to talk to next from the long form content. Make sure you're sharing your story. Use a podcast first, perhaps. If you have a good idea and you want it to become a God idea, explore it with other people and allow them to help you find the avatar for who it is that you're intended to connect to. People are gonna come to your show that you would have never otherwise thought. I have uh, Pakistanians who listen to my show and comment and respond to me all the time. I've got a lot of people in Mexico. And so you would think there's no way, like how do they even know English, right? But there are so many different ways for us to connect across the globe and God calls us to make disciples of nations, right? To go and tell the world your testimony. And that's why your message specifically matters. And God blesses that momentum because you're being bold and fierce and brave with something that you've walked through that only he could get you through. That I totally, totally agree. And then, you know, I you just like, that's why we both are here, right? I was on her show and then now she's on mine, right? Um, and I think that, you know, you know, never than before, really, uh, it's because of technology, right? Uh, we are, it's a whole lot easier to spread the message out, you know, to share your message out there. Now, I want to take a kind of a sidetrack, you know, I will ask you a question on behavioral audience. So here's the thing, right? I think I heard over and over from my audience. I'm sure you, you do too. Like, okay, Tamara, but you know, that's you, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you and Katie, it seems like you guys look confident, you know, you are that type of a people. Mm -hmm. I know I have this message, but I am, uh, just, you know, concerned and I'm afraid to, let's say, coming from the video and or, or, or coming to the podcast. Uh, I'm afraid that people won't listen to it and what people are going to think of me and blah, 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 blah. You know, that's get you out of things. So. Those limiting beliefs. I got it. Exactly. Okay. Let's deal with it right now. Yeah. So 
everyone is different. That's why we celebrate each other. And I understand that podcasting might not be the first thing that you do. Uh, it might not be done via video initially, but as we're always becoming, we're always learning. We're always putting ourselves in new discomforts because if you're staying comfortable, you are not growing. And if you're not growing, then the people you're connected to are not growing. And so I look at it from more of a, I'm going to poke the bear for a minute, that you're actually blocking somebody else's blessings because of your limiting beliefs. And therefore, you're not speaking when you know you're called, when you know you're prompted, when you know there's something deep inside of you that the world needs to hear. Whether one person is listening to me, as you are right now, Kelly, or one million people are listening to me, what if that one was a Joseph? What if that one was a Moses? What if that one was an Abraham? You don't know how many people that that one person is going to impact. And I think that there's so much power in recognizing that while so many people want to get on stage this is a stage out of your own living room and people will create and see and design authority around your bravery to speak up and utilize the things that are right in your vicinity, like your voice, a natural gift from God and a cheap microphone. And you literally will be able to speak to people across the, the world. So the bravery piece, get over it. <laughs> right? Like go for it, do it, do it in a lean in and you will discover that more people are listening than you think. And it might not be the people that you anticipate will listen. It likely won't be the people you anticipate will listen, but there's a lot of people out there waiting for you. And that's going to be how you build a community. Yeah. So just what I say, turn the table, you know, don't be selfish, right? And uh, uh, see, I'm I'm happy that Tamara show up that I am not the only bucket <laughs> coach. I'm not only a bucket coach. I mean, she obviously is the one, you know. So, <laughs> okay. So um, now, talk about marketing, right? A lot of nowadays in the online space, we heard like, oh, you know, TikTok, Instagram, you know, especially these two, the short form type of content, and but. I saw that you uh, share in your speaking page, you talk about creating a footprint across platforms using the long form content. Can you tell us about what does it mean? Yes, this is so critical. I have so many clients, I call them partners because I don't feel like there's a hierarchy in that. They teach me stuff every single day uh, who I have an opportunity to share with and they hate social media. They don't want to be there. It drains them. They feel like they're constantly having to do. The task list never goes away on social media. They, it's changing all the time, we know as well. So algorithms and all of those things. What hashtags do I use? How do I get more followers? I mean, we could talk about just social media as a podcast, and there's many of them for eternity. And because they don't like it, and I really speak into being a joyful entrepreneur, I wanted not only for myself, because I've been there, I wanted to help change their mindset towards how they can show up, be effective, but not be drained by it. And so when I started again with the podcast, they were always about 45 minutes to an hour. We would use that long-term video content and we would splice and dice it across the platforms. One of the biggest things that's been an asset to us is we also utilize the transcriptions tools. There's so many different free ones that aren't so good. There's ones that are like two cents a word that are worth it or two cents a minute sometimes. And those would be turned into blogs, which then we would extract the quotes and those would become quote cards on social media, on Pinterest, on LinkedIn. We're always trying to recreate. And every day, if you have to show up the, to the table creatives, it can get hard. And so if you can take one of these, one, one hour, 
you can get 30 minutes, or I'm sorry, 30 days of content from one of these. And we've done it over and over again. And so it helps the person, especially the creator and the visionary who doesn't want to be the integrator. I'm referring to the book Rocket Fuel. If you've never read it, get it. It's so good. If you're not an integrator, if you're not into the business systems, if you want to work on your business instead of in your business, as you hear people talk about, you don't want to be your own VA. You don't want to be your own social media creator or manager. This is the easiest way for you to pass that over to somebody else. So we just brought in our second uh, social media manager. And do you know how easy it was to onboard her? I literally gave her access to all of our long form content. And I said, have fun because I've already created and I am sure the people that you're on, that listen to your show have already been in creation stage for years. If you have an e-course, you can do the exact same thing. You don't need to pool. I have multiple books. I have four books that we've been a part of writing forwards, writing chapters, writing the whole entire thing from one book. You should have 365 days of content from that thing, right? And so I don't want people to get stuck in the overwhelm of social media. And I don't want them to get stuck in the engagement realm of social media either, because it's a footprint, meaning you don't have to spend all of your time there. It's a footprint means you're going somewhere. I am going somewhere. I have a destination for how I want to show up every single day in my life. And it's not hanging out on social media for several hours. Those are tactics. There are people who will teach you to do four reels a day. I don't have it in me. And that's not the type of coach that I have. And it's not the type of people that I serve. And so this is our methodology. It's worked. We have over 37 podcasts that we've helped bring to life with the same personas of people who are like, I'm never getting on camera, or I don't think that they're going to listen to me, or my voice is really weird. And I don't think that they're going to like it. I sound like Minnie Mouse and they're thriving. They're doing amazing. And they use this long form to short form content. And it has changed their perspectives and their energy levels towards social media. Well, I can agree more because yeah, I, I heard that also four reels a day. I was thinking what on earth? So my goodness, you know, uh, and I also figured that you might, you know, uh, overtake your business. Uh, all my high-end clients, they actually never interact with me in the social media, right? <laughs> they will have that say, they do watch, they do listen to my podcast. Yep. They do watch my YouTube video. And after a while they feel, hey, I think she's legit, let me reach out, you know? Yep. That's how the high quality clients normally how how they operate. They are not there like comment likes all your all your things. So that's also a side note. So guys, don't look at the vanity number. So you know true. the vanity number of what well, this will have millions. This one have, but then you don't know they may be broke. I mean, a lot of influencers actually they are broke. <laughs> true, and you can buy followers, y'all. So don't let that fool you. And know that I have clients who have under a thousand followers on many platforms and they're making six figures. So don't, don't get stuck in that. You're so right about that. It's such a vanity metric and it's just not true. It's like carrying the Louis Vuitton and it's not real. Don't think that they're rich or that they're splurging on something they shouldn't be. It's probably from New York, right? <laughs> it's yeah. To New York. Yeah. So I, I think that there's a lot to that. And I want people to recognize that if you have a footprint across platforms, as you just suggested, so you've got all the listening apps with your podcast, you've got YouTube with your podcast or additional material that you're creating. That's also LinkedIn. You're also developing those quote cards or any of the information that you're driving people to on Pinterest. You're using the same reels as a TikTok, as a YouTube short, and you may or may not be on Twitter as an automated thing when you post something else. And then that's literally every social media on one to two hands and you're doing it with so much less effort. Don't let that overwhelm you. Yeah, exactly. So basically batch your content and repurpose it, you know, yep. 
and that eats uh well that's the ibisopo another one so <laughs> there's a, another yeah. time for that it's but, so good though. yeah but it yeah it, because in this way you really be a much better steward for your efforts for your time and if you have a team working for you same thing for them right yep. uh the worst thing is you are, you come out and you record a video just one video you can you spend two hours to make up and then you only record one video yeah, yep. so especially with girls, right? Yeah, so much easier. <laughs> and I'll do content days where it'll be a lot. Well, I say days, really, it's a two hour time block where I know what I need to have in addition to that long form content to make it look brand new. I'll literally just do my hair and makeup. I'll change my outfit. I'll know exactly what I need to talk about. And those same videos will go to my content creators and my me media managers, and they do all the other stuff. And so not everyone, I didn't always have that. Not everybody has that and I get it, but I don't want people to invest more time in a space that is going to, it's not yours. You don't own that content. So put it at least on YouTube, put it at least in your own e-course so that you have it and it's monetizable because that's not necessarily the case in those other platforms. Yeah, exactly. So now we cannot leave this podcast without talking your awesome annual conference. Uh, I know host a conference, boy, it's a work, right? <laughs> and uh, what side of the coin are we talking about here? The shiny side or the one that hurts? Oh, uh, okay. How about let's talk about both? Well, first of all, I want to know, you know, because my former life is the corporate executive in the hospitality industry. Yeah. So I work with a lot of yep. the event conference organizers so boy i know the detail to the details of how much work that is so i really want to know what on the earth girl that you started <laughs> you started a conference <laughs> okay so there are surely moments in time where i say the same exact thing what on earth girl are you doing and what are you putting your team through but the first conference that I did was a co-hosted experience. And I've had, I've been event planning for, for years. Um, and we've hosted lots of mini events that I wouldn't consider a conference. But when I was asked to co-host this conference that has now been given full reins to myself and my Fit and Faith Media team, uh, I was like, you know what, we've got this. We can help, we can support. They're already doing it. It's their second year. Lo and behold, I didn't know that there was as much needed and as many details. I was, I am a details person and the person I co-hosted with, and he will be fine if I say this, is not a details person. He's like, it's going to be great. Here's the glitter. And I'm like, hold on, we have to clean up that glitter. So let's talk about that process too. So after having the experience and realizing that it's so much less about the details and so much more about the spirit and so much more about bringing people into community and the energy, especially it was a post COVID or kind of in the middle of COVID because some people would still say it's here uh, of last year. I realized that in-person events are never going away and they won't go away because there will be people like me who fight for them. And so that's why I say yes, because I have seen lives transformed since that event. I hear people talk about it every single day that I'm on Clubhouse. I hear people talk about it and actually see the action that has taken place in their life and the transformations. They've quit their full-time jobs. They're working for themselves. They're living in more freedom than they've ever experienced before in the past. They've actually created and changed the things that they needed to in their past business in order for their current business to thrive. And I just know that it's grow your business for God's sake. That's the name of it. And it's a faith and business conference. You've heard me drop a couple of faith nuggets throughout this experience because I believe that it's not an either or, it's a both and. And we should never, and this is what happened to me in the past as well, I showed up into different 
expectations as a different person. I was wearing a different hat. You hear that a lot. I wear all these hats. I'm like, I got one hat and I don't want to wear all the hats, even though I have a whole wall of beautiful hats. I love hats, <laughs> but figuratively, I want all of me to show up everywhere I go because it feels really hard to be disconjointed. And so your Sunday best or your Friday night or whatever genre of practice towards your God that you experience, it should also be a part of the way that you do business because isn't it the same? It should be the same. If your business is not your ministry and your ministry is not your business, the way you serve is how you show up in your gifts and talents, then your business is a contradictory to a nine to five check-in job and now I'll go do my hobby. And so I really am passionate about this concept and I want people to grow their business for God's sake because it has transformed and it's become so much more fruitful, abundant and prosperous because he runs my business and I don't. Well, here you are, you know, here we have it. Now, can you tell us a little bit about this conference though? Uh, you know, obviously there are so many conferences out there. Can you tell us who is this for? Yeah. And so, yeah. Go ahead. Second question. What was your and second what, question? you know, what is a goal of the conference? Uh, what the attendee can expect from the conference? Yeah, so you'll hear and you'll see on all of the things that we put out is the importance of personal and professional development. So it's not just a Tony Robbins conference. There's so much of that is, is powerful and I've been blessed by his ministry, but it's also the professional realm. So you'll have breakouts with experts, whether you're a product-based business, whether you are trying to start new multiple revenue streams within your business, whether you're a pastor and you're looking to kit your expertise in that space and you want to develop e-courses, we'll have book writing workshops, uh, all of these things. So if you look at an inside to an entrepreneur, an inside to a business leader, they have a mogul of development. Just like we've talked about with you, there's not just doing one thing. We do a lot of things. And so it's teaching people how to do that. The people that are coming to speak are everyone from Tim Story, who was Oprah Winfrey's life coach, to Patrice Washington, who was on the Steve Harvey show for six years as the money maven, to Hope Carpenter, who is an incredibly hilarious pastor, which I think is important for us to create and utilize the humor that has been gifted to us to show up in what can be really heavy, hard places with business. Kevin Mullins, who will drop the mic. He is a seven figure. Actually, he's moving towards the eight figure in the multi-level marketing world. And so there's people from so many different genres and backgrounds. And of course, for me, what's so important is ethnicities and nations. I want everyone to be represented in that space. And so it's also entertaining because we've got a worship team there. We've got uh, a lot of musicians. We're having it in Nashville this year. So we're going to tap into the Nashville music industry. Uh, Abby Robertson, who is a Nashville recording artist, will be there one of the nights for the VIP party. So we want to have fun as much as we want people to leave fulfilled and activated. That's a huge part of my mission. I mentioned the obliterate shame side of part. That's the personal development and the activate purpose is the professional side of it. So we're going to do both. Wow. Wow. You know, I wish I could go. I know. <laughs> it's, it's like, I'm in Switzerland, you know, uh, and, you know, I'm sure that it's, it, it's, it's a power pack and that it surely is also a value packed. Uh, can you tell us the date of the event? Yes. It's November 3rd through the 5th in Nashville, Tennessee. And you're gonna, not going to want to miss it. And if you are in Switzerland or other places, you can get a virtual seat as well. We would love to have you there virtually. Oh, that's awesome. So we have that option. Yes, okay, guys. Do. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So we got to put all the links also in the show notes. So, well, Tamara, I cannot thank you enough for coming on show today. 
so what would you say departing wisdom for maybe entrepreneurs out there? Uh, they may be still working a corporate job and they have that burning desire because interesting that my audience is also trailblazers and uh you know they want to come out to do something different or they want to come out to actually changing the industry they are in but they want to do it different way because god called them to do so mm-hmm. what will you say this might not be what they expect but it's something going on in my personal life so i'm feeling really called and led to share uh is address your addictions before you try to make an impact mm. and addictions look like a lot of things and we can include things like social media or your cell phone in that food What are you eating? You've got to be fueled. You've got to be energetic in order to make an impact in the way that I know your heart desires and I know God wants for you. Um, Even things as far as the bedroom, is it porn? Is it sex? Are you not being honorable to your spouse, whether it's through words or physicality? There's mental health crises. What are you utilizing as your crutch that's actually creating the limiting beliefs that you're not good enough? Because I believe that if we can move past those addictions, whatever they are, as light as they may be, or seemingly everything is created equal in his eyes. And if we can break free from that, it's like we're being tethered to something, even though we are looking towards this big dream and this big impact. And as soon as you break that chain, I can assure you, your momentum is going to 10x, 100x. Praise the Lord. I cannot, I, I cannot read about the show better than that. I think that it's one of the things that, again, really people talk about it, but I don't want to say everybody, but most of us, we all have something we are dealing with, right? So Tamara, thank you so much for coming on the show. And we surely will put all the links uh, in the show note. And then you guys will start to see my repurposed content. Now you know how we do it. We, you, how, you know how we do it. Yeah, uh, we will do all our repurposed content out there to mention her, her, her show, her all her goodies and her book. Okay. I love you so much, Kelly. I appreciate you sharing your audience and I can't wait to get to know them more. So be sure to DM me. Instagram is where I spend the most time. And if something prompted in your spirit from a personal realm today and you just want prayer, that's where I I can pray for you. Send me a voice memo and I'll send you one back. Appreciate you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Tamara. Thank you. See you later. How have you enjoyed the episode? I hope that you have taken a lot of notes. Also, for all the URLs, all the links, goodies, what Tamara has, we put in the show note. In order to access that, you need to go to kellybala.com forward slash podcast. Again, it's kellybala.com forward slash podcast. If you are one of those innovators, trailblazers, it just means that you know that God has called you to do something new in the season or God has called you to do something different in your existing industry, then you are one of those leaders I have called to serve. I, then I will invite you to go to powerofoneframework.com forward slash masterclass. In the masterclass, we talk about four cornerstones to build and scale your God-given business, especially its expert-based business, coaches, consultants, authors, speakers, service providers. After masterclass, you will have the option to speak to one of my team members or myself so we can help you to evaluate the gap of your business. And it's all complimentary. So again, that link is 
howeroneframework.com forward slash masterclass. I will see you in the next episode. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment? Just drop a review on Apple Podcast. It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. Please go to kellyballer.com forward slash review. Again, that's kellyballer.com forward slash review. We really appreciate it. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com.